Hello everyone and welcome to another Fireside Chat. This is Fireside Chat number 36. And uh, if you haven't seen us before, um, basically a conversation among friends. Um, we pick a topic, uh, a topic before a few minutes. Uh, and yeah, we just share our thoughts. Um, if you're following us live on stream, remember to comment. Uh, if you haven't, uh, you know, hit the notification button so you can get this alerts when we go live. And uh, without further ado, let's introduce the topic for today. And the topic for today is how do you start projects well? And the reason that we're discussing this is, is that, you know, we're, we're a consultancy, right? So we see a lot of projects start and end as well, you know? And uh, I think people um, undervalue the, the, basically the, the, the power of starting your project well, right? Like, it's really hard to recover from starting wrong, but it, but if you start well, it's easier to you know have bumps along the way and and you'll still be able to maintain, right? At least that's that's my impression. I don't know, guys. Well, what do you think? Well, Max, you go. Yeah, I I definitely <laughs> agree with that. I think it's it's very important that you. There are a number of things to get right. Uh, there is no point in stumbling over those things, right? So there, the way I see it is, we call these project inceptions. By the way, if you, you know, if you work with us, you you kind of hear project inception quite a lot, especially when we start, because from our point of view, we want to maximize the chances of success, and we know that there are a few things that need to be in place from the very start. And it helps a lot if they are in place because otherwise you waste a lot of time. Uh, you you end up uh, making certain mistakes that you can potentially avoid. So the way I see it is that there's quite a few things. It's not just about planning. It's all also about team formation. It's about product strategy. It's about technical strategy, technical approach, all these things. And it might seem like a lot of upfront design and upfront planning and, you know, the old adage, you know, the plan doesn't survive the first contact and all that thing. And I think, you know, of course, there's an element of that, but depending on the detail. But there are a few things that you should get right. Otherwise, you are going to uh, you, you're go going to have problems that 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 you should not have had if you, if you had planned well or started well. Yeah, and and I I would second that because. It's not so much the planning is there are certain things that are very well known that if they're not there, you know, things will go wrong, right? The things around clarity of the context, alignment of how we're going to do things like all of these things are part of that start, no? And they're yeah. not necessarily um, related to planning ahead or anything like that. It's more like, hey, how, how are we going to do this? No, how are we going to tackle this challenge together and make sure that, you know, we don't stray and, and so on. So, um and you know one thing that surprises me is that not everyone <laughs> is this conscious about starting a project and i think most developers unless they work in a context like for instance ours no or in an agency or in a marketing agency something like that where you're constantly seeing lots of projects coming in and coming out it's really hard to get that learning or enough learning so that you can intuitively know what when things are not going to go well just by looking at, at how things are going. What, what do you think, uh, Sandra? So uh, the, this is what I would like to, to, to say, because like a lot of people that are, might be watching the, these first few minutes might be thinking, oh, but like this is just specific for a consultancy because you guys are always starting projects and stuff, but I work for a product company and we are working on the same product or the same area of the product for a long time. So we will never uh, start a project or this is not relevant to us. And I would completely disagree because it's important to say here is that starting a project doesn't mean that you are starting it from scratch. Anyone in any context can continuously start projects, right? So even if you are in the same stream of a product, because what is important, what is important here is to say, look, we are going to start a new piece of work. And instead of just carry on as you've been doing, maybe that's a good time to say, hey, let, let's stop 
for, for a period of time here, maybe a few days, a few weeks. Let's look at this new piece of work. And you can treat that as a new start. So even in a continuous product, in a continuous stream, you can have multiple starts. And I think that every, everything we can discuss in here, as Mesh mentioned, approach inception, uh, is not just for greenfield starting from scratch projects. But we, maybe what we could do here is to say, what do we do in these start when we start a project? And again, we, within the context of anyone listening could start a project tomorrow if they wanted to, they could say, let's have a break of what we are doing and let's start again and plan our next, uh, I don't know, three months, next quarter or six months. So anyone can do that at any time. So what do we do to, to make sure that things go well? So maybe we could ex explain what an inception is, or even a difference between inception and discoveries as well, because some people uh, like we, have... we can go into that like uh, for sure you know this inception thing at least for me the first time that i heard about this at least with that name uh, was in the agile samurai uh book mm -hmm. i don't know if you heard of it um and yeah. he was introducing a the inception deck now which was a, a set of 10 exercises now that he regularly used to uh, precisely, you know, launch projects or, or start projects, so to speak. No, um, but I, if I go to before we go into any of that, if I go into the root of, of the thing no, or the, the, the meat of the thing, for me, it's about three areas, right? One is purpose. Why are we doing the this thing, whatever it is? The no, um, the other one is context. So what is around like what do we, what will we have to deal with no and the other one is alignment right like so okay now that we know those two things what we want to achieve and what the context is like how are we going to get there no and and clear clarifying that no and making that explicit to everyone and sort of setting everything up so that you have the best chance of, of succeeding at achieving that goal right for me that's that's the basis of everything all of the other stuff is just how do we make that happen, right? Like all of these exercises that he talks about. Um, and again, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a, you know, I, I tend to mix and match things depending on what the situation requires. Um, but it's not, again, it's, it's hard for me to say one specific thing that I always do on this, right? Because I look at it from this different lenses no so to speak or this this these different angles uh when we're starting no and, and this makes sense uh, to, to do different uh because we can go into the details of some of the things to look at but like if you think about uh depend of if you are starting or restarting a project right so because like uh i even changed the title by the way i put a, a how do we restart or restart projects uh uh well so because like the one question that that comes up is say okay we might do some planning up front as we are starting a a, a, a project like say that is the beginning of the project how far do we go with that or how far that initial uh inception let's say can take us i think this is a, a question that mash was asking uh earlier and so and then when do we know that it's time to do that again so if we stay that at more high level then we can go deep into what you're doing in those situations i quite quite like the three things that um uh, jose pointed out purpose context and alignment um and you can answer this question in in those ways as well when you are starting a greenfield project, right, your purpose might encompass the whole project or even a product. You know, you, you've actually been tasked with creating a brand new product and, you know, you're almost maybe you're a company in your own right and you're starting. Or uh, so, so the purpose aspect could be the purpose of your at that moment could be the purpose of your your whole product could be the purpose of a particular release i mean you you know every new release you should have some kind of inception whatever lightweight inception you need to have you, you need to have so so you can actually create like um, the scope according to your horizons you may even need to do both you need to do 
you if you're just starting out you may, may need to look at the purpose as a whole but purpose for the next mb the first mep right so you all uh, what what would that be but also if you are starting off and you 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 know you're a brand new team part of your inception may be around team agreements it may be around roles and responsibilities of of or within the team who does what who's responsible for who's accountable for what 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 kind of roles exist what is expected what does the rest of the team expect from those things and i think all those things they to me they are around there's alignment aspect to them you know you kind of trying to align because you are the at the highest level what it is the reason you're doing all this is that you're not one person you are a team right and often when when you start talking about um, like how Jose was saying oh it's surprising how many people don't consciously do it because often in product companies or larger organization what happens is the project gets given to one tech lead or a couple of people who start the project and they kind of do a inception in their own heads but it's just them and suddenly they start adding more people and they've not had this purpose or the context setting or the alignment at all right so the you know you kind of go into the execution phase without even aligning or creating a, like setting yeah, you, a good context you easily can go into that situation where everyone thinks that they know what the project is about yeah. <laughs> but mm -hmm. everyone is thinking a different <laughs> a different objective or a different goal that they have in mind Yeah. yeah and... Each person creates their own context in their head, right? And they, they just keep rolling like that, but they, those contexts are not fully aligned. But like, uh, for example, uh, who should be involved? Because like we mentioned, like quite a few different things that we look at, right? So this purpose thing that you mentioned or this alignment and, and those things, like they are at different levels as well, because like you can be talking about uh, a small set of features or you might be thinking like, Where do we start from? So, so who should be align, uh, involved? And, and also, where does the definition of the team or redefinition of the team fits into this process? Because quite often we don't also change the shape of the team either, right? So, we, so, so what, what do you guys think? Well, uh, the, who should be aligned is, is an easier one. It's a whole team, right? So it's basically... Everyone involved in the execution, so the development team, but also the stakeholders, right? They need to be, and the users, and, you know, who, the, you, XP talks about the whole team, and there's a lot of uh, material on what exactly the whole team is, right? So, so that they should be, it should not be just the developers doing this, because then they can align with themselves, but not, may not align with the other roles within the, within the team or the stakeholders that they have. So, so it's a time... To, it's not just about aligning the team, but also the touching points of the team, right? So, which are, you know, in, in the concept of the whole team, they are considered part of the team. Um, so what was your second question, Sandro? The second question was uh, about when do we dis define or redefine the, the, the team? team? Oh, when, when the, the development team. Because, like, again, the, the, the way, just to clarify also... Um, Because we, we, the three of us, we have a lot of context in our heads, right? And we might be looking at different examples in our heads. So just to, for people listening to this, uh, so there is a, a, a much wider team, and that involves everyone, as you said, Mesh. Like it might be involved the business or whoever is marketing, sales, whoever is the, the, the business side that gives the, the requirement. That is the sponsor that provides the money or, or, or sometimes it's the same person. Sometimes are different departments. We might have multiple stakeholders. A product might be very small and with a single stream or can have multiple streams and might be quite large and almost like every area of the product can be a different department. And so... So there, are, there is a lot of complexity in this wider team. And there are also development teams that can be one or can be a, a collection of them as well, right? So, but... So, so we, for, the purpose, for, for the purpose of what we're saying, because by the way, the, on the chat, there's also uh, some contributions there. And um, one of the things that uh, someone is mentioning, uh, Muhammad is, is mentioning, is that in the current industry that, that we're living in, People are joining and going all the time. So really that that team that we're talking about is not something that is static, that you just 
you know, at the beginning you set it up and that's it. And it's going to stay like that. That would be ideal, most likely, you know, because you all of the learning stays. Right. But the reality is that you're constantly changing and having to deal with with a context that is not as you expected it. Right. So uh, having this uh, in places or, or having, let's say, the. Let's call it enough documentation. Yeah. To, to be able to onboard someone quickly and to be able to, you know, get them up to speed and, and pointing in the right direction, no, is, is quite important nowadays, right? It doesn't matter if you're doing Agile or you're doing something else. And whoever says that, no, what we need to do is start coding, right? Um, they, they don't understand that this is also necessary in order to, to be successful, right? Um, which is another thing that came up in the in the chat as well, well right? Like, well, one thing is I wouldn't talk about an inception when 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 someone a new person joins or someone leaves and or is replaced or no. so on, right? Because no. there, what you have is uh, if if the team uh, agreements, the purpose, the 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 alignment, all that is there within the team. What then you would would have is that person would come in and they will assimilate. Because, you know, there is that kind of learning by osmosis. There's like, you know, the teams kind of bringing this person in, onboarding, getting them going and all that kind of thing. So you don't need a project inception. That is an onboarding of a new team member, right? Mm -hmm. The project inception at the very least should happen at the key milestones. I I, I agree, yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, I wasn't referring to having to do it every time someone joins, but the byproduct of having done that definitely makes it easier for someone to be able to join and to or lead the board. team and, and so on. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you don't, if you didn't do that, chances are that it's not only at the start, it's after that, you know, when people join and go and, and so on, you're going to have issues as well. If you did yeah. that well, uh, that process will be a lot easier because you're, you have um, qualified, so to speak, you know, the direction in which you need the project to go, what, the, what are the constraints, like all of these things that are quite important, you have them available and in, a, in an easy to digest format, so to speak. You know? And that's, that's what I meant because we were talking about team, not that, not that the joining of a new team member would trigger uh, that. Yeah. Uh, it's more like if it's there already, that process is a lot easier. So, so let, let's kind of, I mean, a lot of people would be wondering, right? What is an inception? So what do we actually do in a project inception? So let's take the example of a project mm-hmm. starting from the very be- beginning. Let's say that it's, um, you know, let, let's say that uh, in a lot of cases, what happens is the, you know, a product already exists, a new project has started. Let's start from there because that is probably one of the most common things. Mm-hmm. The new project is started. They've, uh, assembled a team um, which is wasn't all working together. Maybe some people may have been working together, but there's new members and it's a brand new project, right? So what what do we, like when people, because this is what op- often happens to us. So so what, what are the things to get right in, in that particular scenario? All right. If you, if you ask me, uh, I would go for, you know, those 10 exercises, not necessarily all of them, but uh, let's say have a structure of going from from more abstract to more concrete. Yeah. Starting with why, no, like, why are we doing this project? No, like, what is it that we're trying to achieve? Like, what are the number one goals or targets that we're going for? And I think that's super important. If people don't know that, then chances are they're going to make up what the goals are on their own and they're going to yeah. be going in different directions. So, And how do we start... know that we've succeeded? Exactly, exactly. So so that will give you a, uh, not only the direction, but also, hey, have, are we there yet? No? Uh, so that's one, one aspect. And then from there, you can start going down, right? In the case of the Inception Net, this 10 SSS, I don't remember all of them, but uh, you have an elevator pitch. And the purpose of the elevator pitch is that you're able to explain this to other people within the organization, stakeholders, customers, etc. So that you you have articulated what the vision for this uh, thing that you're building is, right? And you're, easily, you're able to explain it easily. Then it also uses, uh, I think it was the... 
the the product box, right? Which is another exercise where you kind of find out what the key features of the product are. What are the what is important out of this project? No, or out of this product. Then you go into things like meet your neighbors, right? Like who are the people that are going to be working with you? No, and and what are the relationships that you have with them? Dependencies on and so forth, responsibilities. Yeah, uh, you also have um, what keeps us up at night, uh, which is risk management, right? Like, what is it that can go wrong on this thing? Uh, you have the the not list, which is kind of like an initial scope uh, and defining what is in or out of the project. No, is it going to? Does it? Is it going to have AI and blah blah blah? Is it going to have no? Or we don't know. We need to find out. We will have to review. So, again, what you're doing is you're going from more abstract, like the idea of what this should good, like what problem it solves, etc., into okay, some features, and then you know how we're going to get there, blah, blah, blah. and you know architecture. You're probably uh, talking about architecture. You're probably going to be talking about the size of the thing. How many you know? How many months are we going to be building this? How like what the size of the team is. So all of those things you're kind of making it a bit more concrete as, as you need them, right? Um, so, but that's like the template. No, that, that's like the blueprint. A lot of the times you may not have time to do all of that. Uh, you may not have all the people that you need to do that or, or you may have them in separate conversations, no, because they're not available uh, all at the same time. So you really need to understand what you're trying to achieve in order to tailor the approach to, to your situation. There, there yeah, is an so element around the team as well, right? Is that, you know, if you've got a new team, you need to work on team agreements. You need to work on roles and responsibilities. You know, where does the accountability lie? Who's doing, doing what? Especially at the role level, not at the people level necessarily, but definitely at the role level, right? Yeah. So the... What I would say is, uh, you mentioned, Jose, like, uh, we might not have the time to do all of that. And that is true, because like you, 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 what we don't want to do is to just to say, hey, we have this list of exercises or things that we need to investigate, and we're going to do a checkbox. We're going to go one by one. You need to tailor that list according to your uh, uh, context. Like, as we were discussing, if you are starting from scratch, that is far more things that we need to look at in order to increase the chances of having a successful project moving forward. So we might need to look at more things. But if you are already in a stable product and you are now just bringing a new features, a new set of features to life, uh, so that is you need to look at far less things than you, you don't need to review everything. So 10 years of history of that product, you might need just to look at a much smaller subset. But I still, uh, I think that it's still important to say that the, the timing, because regardless of how much uh, stuff the team would like to look at, there will always be a question, we don't have time. And I think that this is, uh, we need to put into perspective uh, or into context. Uh, if, you, if you are planning to, to take on uh, a set of features and there will be a, a development team involved and this team will be working probably for a few months on something we need to understand that maybe stopping before we start typing on the keyboard for a week in a thing that we all think that might take six months to do or three months to do or whatever it's a good investment what we are not saying is we are not saying, oh, let's plan for six months and then no, we're saying like let's plan for a week. Maybe do some 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 workshops, maybe try to to analyze those those risks, do some uh, proof of concept in, in the unknown areas uh, and invest a small period of time so that we can start in a better foot. And another thing that I would like to add is how often do we do that? Because like I had projects that I had two different criteria. One is the more natural criteria that I find, that is the scope of work. And I can give a few examples just to, for people listening uh, to have the same context. For example, one of our teams, the context was very clear. The client has a, a, a deadline for a regulatory uh, thing, so the, the, the product had to be adapted to be compliant to our regulation. And that had already an external deadline. So the whole scope of the project was related to that. So the, 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 
the phase, let's say, was about that scope of work. We also had other teams that say, hey, we have these, for example, they want uh, to bring uh, uh, almost like a, a separate product. They already have a product and they want to build a separate, almost like a, a, a sibling product to life. So, so again, the, the, the way that we are dividing those phases or those inceptions is grouping functionalities. Oh, let's group this amount of functionalities in here and let's go for three months. And then we do another inception and go for the next group of functionality. And then, so as soon as we finish that group of functionality, we do the next, another inception for the next group of functionality. So that is the more natural way of doing things. But there are projects where there is not a natural cut of functionalities or, or set of features. It's just a very long uh, process of modernizing something or, or you still can break down. But the breaking down is a bit more artificial. So then I like timing. I say, you know what? If we don't have a clear cut in terms of functionalities or features, let's break three months. So then we are going to do per time. So what can we achieve in three months? And then we have an inception for a quarter. You can even in that, you can actually argue, why don't you? Because in, in those, you, you, there's at the very least, uh, every kind of work unless you're doing all sorts of things and then then you got a different problem right because you're not focused but if there's focus then there is an every sprint or every I, release I can give or you a every... few examples just to clarify so uh, for example one one stream of work was a modernization for the the uh, user interface right but the, the application has more than 1000 screens and there was upgrading versions of frameworks and they had to, to do cluster of screens. So changing that was very painful. And it would be a, 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 at least a year and a half long project. So for example... That's why I, I said you'd have bigger problems. <laughs> yeah. So, but you can, still, you can still cluster. We say, look, the, the, the first quarter, we're going to focus on modernizing the, the libraries. For the next quarter, we're going to take this set of screens and we're going to work on that kind of problem and so on. You can still cluster, but we do per time because there's no unnatural cut. It's not that there was like this set of epics or it's just the same continuous work. But then we say, what could fit in three months? We work almost the other way around. Instead of saying, hey, that is the set of uh, uh, stories or epics. Let's have a phase until we are done with when, the MVP for those things. That might be three months, might be six. Right. One one thing that is interesting is that if you, because the, the project that you've mentioned, and I think the ones we've been discussing so far, it's it's sort of clear that there's a deliverable and that's the outcome now that you're looking for in, in many cases, right? Like that's, you know, we need to build this thing or we need to modernize this thing, right? Um, but if you're, let's say, in a startup or if you're doing pro real product development as in you don't know what it is that you're building yet, you're not copying something else, right? Like you are kind of discovering what that needs to look like. Then it's not as simple because you're looking for an outcome. Yeah. But if you have that clear and you phrase it as a, let's say, as an experiment, you can still do that batching that you're talking about right you so you don't know exactly what exactly you, you can exactly you, you can say okay yeah. so we're going to improve this thing right like and we this is the hypothesis that we have and and, and work from there and uh and then that sort of defines the scope you no know, that you that you what is it that we're going to be building you no know, or what size those things will will have you know, in, in order to understand um you know, the investment that you're making. But it is something that is applicable whether you are building or modernizing or, you know, innovating. Or, or uh, innovate, exactly. exactly. Yeah. You can always, you can always, if you try hard enough to come up with something that actually provides you with the focus. Because in fact, when we start in with the, um, and whether that focus is, focus is one month or three months or six months, depending on the complexity of what you're doing. But you can, but it's important to have some kind of a focus, right? Um, uh, and the, uh, so, I mean, uh, we're kind of veering into like, how do you define milestones on a particular project or product, in, in right? So, way, 
but, but it's it's also about how to start projects well because like if you treat each milestone as a small project and, and this, because this is a thing that that's if you go back to to the beginning of our uh, uh, the conversation where Jose mentioned a lot of companies are not used to start projects because they start a project and they go on, on that same project for years right but but and, and what we are challenging here is that they could be starting projects every three months even if they were in the same product and stuff and that would be the milestones that we are talking about and the milestones can be either by time or by group of features or normally a combination of both uh, so the, there is just one thing uh there is a lot of uh, there are a lot of things that uh, Mohammed and a few others, Nikita and a few others mentioned that are very interesting for us to address. I'll take the first one. Um, uh, Mohammed mentioned that a lot of people say that uh, doing those things is not agile, and 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 I heard that that uh, comment as well, uh, Mohammed. But in fact, for me, this is what makes agile. Because uh, bear with me now. So, in, uh, imagine that you start a project. And you do this planning once, and then you go for three, four years without doing that, just one iteration at a time. You don't know where you are because, like the focus that Mesh was saying, uh, you the focus is way too small. The focus when you have just an iteration focus is difficult for us to step back and say, but are we still going the right direction? Are we achieving what we set out to achieve after six months or after three months? Or so a lot of companies they have two focus. One is a five-year idea, oh, in five years, we would like to be, to do X or to be X. And they have a very tiny focus, almost a myoptic focus, that is the iteration focus, that is a two-week focus. What is missing here is somewhere in between. It's like a three-month focus, a six-month focus. So like, okay, we want to be in this place in five years' time, but we cannot just look at two weeks. It's too small. So we need to say, what? What can we achieve in three months? And this is what we are saying here. So, and for me, this is agile. This provides a business agility, but it needs to calibrate the unit of time that should be bigger. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you again, it, the, the thing is that this relates to many other areas of, of product development as well. So again, because we're talking about road mapping, we're talking about having a product vision, we're talking about, you know, experiments, like all of these things are kind of part of, of that. Um, I don't know if I got caught there because I, I froze for a minute. I don't know. No, if, no, you're uh, fine. No, right. yeah, we heard you. Yeah, okay. so, so, um, so it's quite important not to see it a, in isolation, right? Like it's not, this is the beginning of the project and that's it. And then we, we create a backlog and then we build features. And then when that backlog runs out, then we, because it's, it's something that is happening at all of these layers at the same, you know, at the same time, it's also going, it's iterating as well. It may not have the same cadence, right? Like the two week thing that, that we're talking about, no? Um, and it may, it may be bigger or it may take a, a bit more time, but it needs to be happening and it needs to be updating constantly as well. No? Um, yeah. So there the, are, the, there are, no, yeah, go, on, go, on. go on. Like, I was no, just going to read just the questions. Going through the, yeah, go for it. Go for it. There is uh, something mentioned about. Uh, Make sure there is a team, not a group of individuals. So there is a team spirit that needs to be created, of course, in order to any project to to start well. Uh, but this right? is part of that. Eh? This is part of that. Like providing the purpose is as well part of making that team, right? Like what is it that this team, what is the purpose of this team? Yeah, so that, this is maybe a good point that we might uh, expand a little bit that Nikita mentioned, right? So... Uh, so make sure that there is a team and not a group of individual contributors. So, so how how do we achieve that in, in during those inceptions and stuff? This purpose, let's say, purpose is right. So how how is it like involving everyone? So explaining because there are many people need to be involved, right? How do we create a team? I I kind of hinted at at that, no. Mm -hmm. uh, because again, these are all happening at the same time. You're aligning people, you're providing the purpose, and you're you know you're giving the context and all of that, right? So, I think um, it's not the same when it's starting than if you're joining a project that is already in, in on flight. 
uh, or in flight. <laughs> Back to our conversation, <laughs> right? Um, so I think having that conversation of where this needs to go and what the purpose is, even if you were not part of defining that purpose, it helps you connect uh, to what it is that we're trying to achieve, right? And it, in another thing that um, helps with that is the clarity on how you contribute to that purpose. So that part of that alignment as well. We talked about responsibilities. We talked about, you know, meet your neighbors, all of that stuff. So that is part of that. Sorry, uh, that is part of that. Now, like, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? And how do I, as an individual contributor, no, uh, contribute to achieving that purpose? So that that is quite important. So this interdependency that you're showing is, I think, what m helps gel no, that, that team. So you have a common objective, which would be this purpose, this thing that you're trying to build, et cetera, right? And you have interdependence. So everyone needs to contribute in order for uh, for us to succeed. It can't happen that, you know, I reached the goal, but you didn't reach the goal. That's not That's not a team. Right. So you have this interdependence, you have a common objective, and this is what you're doing in the inception. Yeah, you're giving that common objective, you're showing the interdependence, you're clarifying uh, roles and so on. So. Yeah, that, that is another thing that Mesh mentioned as well, that is clarifying roles and responsibilities is important because this might sound a bit unpopular, uh, but like projects in private companies, it's not a democracy. It's like one thing is to have everyone aligned. Another thing is thinking that everyone can contribute to every decision, and that is not true, right? So certain the direction of the project, what needs to be done in which order. Uh, some people have the decision power, some people can influence, and some people will not even influence, right? So, And this is true for different types of decisions within the project. That should at least be true. So there is uh, spheres of influence that people have. And, and the spheres of influence, they are not necessarily hierarchical. But I'll give you an example. So if you are deciding what the team should be doing, so what is the goal of that project? This is not for the team members to define in most of the organizations. There will be a few exceptions where a, a very small company where all the individuals like share a, the same stake in the in the responsibilities and in the company, that might be the case. But like in terms of the direction and stuff, this is decided by the sponsor, by the business people, the people that are paying for the project, that want that done. But that, but then there are how certain things will be achieved. And or, or in each the order that things might be done, some people on the technical side might have a lot of inputs and they can influence that decision given the their technical expertise. And then the reason that I say that is this is not hierarchical, at least should not be hierarchical, is, for example, when you get to the actual details of implementation, when we do the technical design or the architecture or the, the low-level technical design and the testing strategies and the coding itself, then those people that made the decision of the direction of the project, they have no influence in there. So the developers should have uh, a lot of autonomy to decide technically how things should be done. Uh, and other people outside the technical team should not have uh, the same saying on the, on the things. This is why I said that is not hierarchical. There are spheres of influence. But these, in order for this to work well, as Mesh said, and, and you, you hinted at it as well, Jose, this is part of the agreement, the initial agreements, or the agreement that is continuously reviewed every time we do a, a planning and such. Okay, what are the roles and responsibilities? Right? So... Who should be consulted? Who should be making those decisions? Who is accountable for what? That conversation should be is informed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. there, there are a few few other questions actually. Mahmoud Sufyan asked one, which was related to: Is this also relevant, irrespective of any size of the company or at any level? And I, I would say, I would say yes, mm -hmm. because as we said, you know, we I mentioned agree. a lot of things. But inception is about the things that you need to get right before you, you move forward. So if you are, let's say, you know, you're going from one, from one milestone to the next milestone, the one of the most basic things that you do need to get right is like understanding the success criteria for the next milestone, understanding the technical approach that you may take, how long, how big an effort you think it is. 
you know, the kind of things that Jose was talking about, what are the risks involved in that approach that we are taking? Or, or again, going back to the who's your neighbors, you know, are there any new dependencies that we need to? So, so you pick and choose the things that are relevant at, at any different point. And I think there is a related point is that, you know, you said, um, uh, you know, that this is just a consultancy thing, right? So these are consult things, uh, uh, you know, we, we don't we don't need that when so, so you know Mohammed said like if he's pitching these things and they say well these are consultant these things, well that's not a good argument like you you know that we shouldn't do it right I mean the the argument should be on the value of each exercise that you're doing as part of the inception right the reason that we do these things is that it's it is actually uh, arguably more important for us to get the projects right and get the uh, making make sure that they are successful because the client is less forgiving of an external consultancy than they are yeah. of their own people yeah right so yes. with us you know there is always in terms of what value we are spending this and what value are, are, are you providing so it is really important so they're not we don't do things so so that you know we can uh sound clever and all those things we do those those things because actually there's a lot at stake for ourselves to making that project a success exactly right? for us, like they are super important exactly so this is not just how oh, we are consultants we make stuff up and just to charge more no in fact this is essential for us to, to provide the value because otherwise the person paying is to say look i don't know which value you are providing i'm just saying just see that i spend a lot of money but i don't know what i get in return so bye bye i don't need you anymore yeah. So and and this should be done by everyone. As Mesh said, I agree hundred percent. It doesn't matter uh, the size of the company, but as long as there is an investment on on building something, uh, the people building that thing should be on top of the planning of the return on investment, the costs, what should be done by when, what we are trying to achieve, have we achieved? Yes or not? Yes or no? If no, what we're gonna do instead? If yes, what's next? So it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, we are all, this is a business, right? So regardless of your employment status, let's say. Uh, there was another thing that um, uh, Muhammad mentioned, but I think we touched on that. He said, I'm pitching these ideas to my friends. And one of the common arguments that I always get is these are consultants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there was... There is a, actually one I would like to, uh, I think it was by uh, Kema. Um, the key is to constantly iterate to update the focus. And I think there is a subtlety in that. So, yeah. yeah. So, so one is, one is that you need to have a focus in the first place to update the focus. <laughs> right. So, so, and that's what we are talking about initially. We're talking about inception. Uh, at whatever point that you make it to create a focus, right? Because focus has or needs to change significantly. And that's one of the points that you may say, okay, we're going we're gonna to take stock and we're going to see what is needed for us to now move into, into that direction. But then, then there is the, the constantly iterating to update the focus, right? Now, this is a, a funny one because depends on the the impact each iteration has right so like theoretically yes i think in agile you know at the end of each you deliver a, a feature or you know for kind of you complete one uh, lead time let's say you move one thing from left to right and you kind of get feedback and you work on that feedback but often this is not what happens normally what happens is that you're You've kind of divided things. There's a bunch of features and them together have a business objective that you are trying to understand. So, so that's why I, I, I'm trying to address that is that there is subtlety in what iteration allows you to feedback in, or to update your focus because you, you can't always uh, change your focus at each uh, iteration. And in fact, if you do it too often, then it's no longer focused. Right, so you know, you kind it's of chaos. move from one thing to another. It's, it's chaos. It's just chaos. This is to get, this have is... ideas bed down and be, you know, gather feedback, understand it, 
and feed that into the next kind of effort, right? This is one of those things that um, organizations that try to adopt uh, agile or practices, let's, let's call them, right? struggle with sometimes because oh you're you're constantly changing but then you're not delivering anything like the the outcome that i was expecting or the the thing that i was pursuing on the business side that never never gets done there's always something else right there's always uh, this thing that needs to be done and this other thing like that you're running after the next shiny uh thing if you're doing that then you're not you know, if you look long term, mid term, you're not delivering the value, right? So, and and having this uh, approach where you're balancing both things out is something that we have to do a lot, right? Because we we again we are charging for to deliver a service, but when you're working in an organization, a lot of times people are not even aware of, right? They they then see that they're not delivering anything, right? Or they're not accomplishing what they strive for. But the teams are busy, right? Like we're we're putting features out and we're we're you know the it's not like people are stopped, right? Uh but we're constantly moving around well, with a the, clear the, uh, direction sorry. that you want to go into. You know funny you should say that because uh a while back one of our clients said um and is that oh we had we don't want to do agile anymore because last time we did that we put something in front of to that in front of that person uh, the clients uh, they had their own client and we put something in front of them and they say oh yeah we like it but we want this button changed and this thing changed and this thing changed. and suddenly it's all about these little changes they want to make and the next big thing in the backlog is waiting there and we were we were saying. And they said, oh, we'd be, and th that's why we don't want to do Agile. We want big, big releases and we want to throw, throw it at them and get lots of feedback. And, and I think the, you know, the observation was valid, of course, but the conclusion was, was, the, was the wrong one because, yeah. in fact, it was exactly this, that they were failing to articulate a focus for a particular uh, milestone. And... And because they didn't have these particular milestones that they didn't have, like, you know, this is the impact that this milestone is meant to deliver and so on. What happened was that when you, when you went in front of the users uh, or stakeholders, they looked at the details. They looked at the nitty gritty rather than what is this meant to be achieving and what is meant to be coming next so that we can then really decide, uh, you know, what, what to do next or what to feed back into the next next milestone. So they were just constantly adding more scope, let's say, to the existing thing. So mm -hmm. again, it is a, uh, a symptom of not having a, a good, well-articulated focus. Yeah, and, a, and another symptom that we find, I believe that most people can relate to, is we have a lot of people working very hard, but then we have the business people, the, the sponsors, the stakeholders, always complaining that things don't get done fast enough. And the development team saying, look, we are working like crazy and they don't appreciate what we are doing, right? So they, they are always changing their mind and, and they, they never appreciate what we do. So this conflict between business and technology is always there. And this is a symptom. This is a symptom that like, what, what is missing? Alignment. So, but that's cannot, this is what I said, cannot be on the, the, the two-week iteration. It needs to be a little bit longer because the business don't, their time span is a bit longer. So, yeah, you, you can every two weeks say, oh, I've done this bit now. I put this button there. I have a, now this new screen. But for them, they want that batch of features that needs to go out. So calibrating that. So Petros uh, mentioned here. So the debate question everyone has to answer for themselves is what is what is the most meaningful iteration time based on their context? Yes, exactly. So but uh, there is on top of that is the alignment because for example for the stakeholders in your context if you are talking about a set of features let's say a group of epics or whatever say okay that's what they are interested that's like when this thing i don't care what you do every two iterations you do those small demos it's great these small demos we should have them because then we know progress we can discuss if we are going the right the wrong track and then we can recalibrate but ultimately, what they care about is when that whole thing is adding value to the business. And, and, and quite often, organizations don't have that, don't have this 
three months, whatever that period might be in your context, Petrus. But we, I normally, if I, if I had to give, without knowing the context, if I had to give a guideline, I like three months. So with no context at all, I think that every quarter, three months worth of work to batch a group of features and say, did we provide this, all those things together? Are we providing meaningful business value? I think there's a good time. But then I would recalibrate. I would be very itchy. I would not like to go to have a phase, let's say, or a project, if you like, that goes for beyond five months. Even if it's the, the group of features are large enough and you take longer than that, I would advise, okay, can we break that down? Because then you can align with the business. Then you say, look, this is where we are. We are showing these every two weeks or whatever uh, iteration uh, demo that we do. But this is what we are trying to achieve. So we are here, but this is the whole for the three months. And you can keep updating them. And this is a, a more healthy way of working with the business and discussing progress. So any one want to add anything? There is another thing. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name. I was just Googling it um, because it is well known that um, when you're going through, uh, say, when a team is focusing on a task, a, there are certain points in time where they where you are able to influence the way that the team is working, right? And it's usually beginning, middle, and end, right? So people start and they will, you know, just oh, we need to get stuff done. Okay, so they they'll start. Right, and then after a while working, usually around the middle, <laughs> they say, "Oh, this is not working. No, we need to change something, or we need to uh, to adapt." Right, and then at the end again, right, like you're when you're closing, you're like looking back and you're seeing, right. So, if you consider your iteration size a year, right. That basically is the first month, no, the sixth month, and the twelfth month uh, kind of uh, places, no, where you where you have that feedback, right? If you split it into smaller chunks, just like what you do, you know, with uh, some agile methodologies like Scrum, etc., no, and you have your iteration like two weeks, whatever, one week, no, and you're trying to incorporate that learning into the size of the of the thing, so. It is a trade-off that you need to find, but it needs to be something that allows you to learn enough during the time that you're spending on on the project. Like if you go too uh, too too narrow or too too small, um, there is a lot of overhead that you're having to incur uh, for that learning, and maybe it's it's a bit of a law of diminishing returns, right? Like you're you're not getting as much learning as you think you're getting but you're paying a high price for it, right? If you go the other uh, way, no, you may get a lot of learning and, and pay a little bit. But it bit, might but be quite stale. Exactly, old, yeah. right? Like it's not yeah. going to be useful at that and, point. And right? there's too much learning, so too many things to address. So you you kind of start losing focus, basically, even in on that side, right? Yeah, you, you know, like the what I was thinking is like when we are just doing iterations, like we bring everyone to a very myoptic view. So and then everyone is okay. What we do next two weeks, which is important, by the way, I'm not dismissing that by any means. My, my, the point that I'm trying to make is when we only have that. Right, so we bring everyone to that myoptic view, and we are so every planning is just the next two weeks and next two weeks, and then inevitably, and I believe that many people went through that. Someone at some point, everyone thinks that everything is going well because every demo, every two weeks, everyone say, "Yeah, okay, no, no, no questions, no questions. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, that the color of that button here and there and stuff," and then all of all of a sudden, everyone thinks that it's been going very well. Demo after demo, and then someone raised their hand, someone in the business said, look, we are not achieving what we want to achieve. We are not going fast enough. And then it's like, where did that come from? Because at some point, someone raised their head above the waterline and said, look, we've been doing this iteration after iteration for more than six months now, but I still don't have the product that I want. And then the, then the crazy conversations start. So, okay, so you are saying that you don't have what we wanted, but we are giving you updates every two weeks. 
So you had your chance every two weeks to say what you wanted, but you you now saying that you don't have what you want. But then, uh, because we've been in the situation on both sides now, right? Because we also have our internal stuff going on. And sometimes you're just, and then we look at us like, but where is that thing that we wanted to have three months ago? Oh, we've been iterating, 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 but but we didn't have that phase. So asking people to, to raise their head above line and watch is like, okay, we will iterate, but in three months' time, that's what we want to achieve. And then every demo, every two weeks, we, we not only see what was done, but we also check how far are we to, to achieve what we wanted to achieve now in two and a half months, not in, because like it's two weeks past from the, the first uh, iteration. So now we have two and a half months to what we wanted to do. Now we only have two months, now a month and a half. So this allows us to always keep track of the business progression and, and, and properly calibrate the, the iterations. Because quite often teams will go just one iteration after another, the same mode, same mode, same mode. And, and there's no way to see if you are on track because there, there's no goal. <laughs> You don't know if it's like that. It, sorry, it reminds me of Alice in Wonderland, no, and the Cheshire right. cat. No, it's like, yes. where should I go? No, it's like, if you don't know where you want to go, all paths doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. All will take you there, exactly. 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 Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, so, it's a bit uh, like that, no, yeah. But basically, actually, has a very good, I think, kind of final question, I guess, is that. So in the end, there'll always be misalignment on that. There will be tech will do demos, but still business don't care in the end. So why not drop them? Now I will. I, I've got a problem with that because actually, it's not just the business's fault. In fact, I would argue that it's more tech's fault that the business don't care about the demos. And this goes back to the the question of focus. Goes back to creating a narrative towards that focus. So if you have a mission. Demos at a at every iteration are a very important thing because if you have a uh, a purpose or mission or an objective like a three month objective or something, every demo should be signposting to how far you are towards getting there, and that should be the context in which you demonstrate the next bit of progress, and then. Uh, you can come and ask us whether the business will not be uh, it will not care. Business don't care because you're not giving them the information that you, you exactly. that, that, that they need. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, like uh, I, I agree 100%. And, and we are going to have an internal uh, meeting at some point about how to do good demos because this is something that we changed in one of our projects. Uh, we were very deliberate because we are planning, like creating those milestones and planning properly planning, stopping for a week, sometimes even like two weeks to do all the planning to create that overall scope. And then we start iterating. And what we started doing on those uh, in the, that project, we have a few streams in the project. Every demo, one of the first slides shows a picture of a diagram, like each stream has a different diagram and stuff, but it has a picture of everything that needs to be done by the end of that phase. And then they are like, for example, the things that are not done, they are all empty, right? So they are like, just like in gray, let's say. And then we color code every demo and say, look, this is what was done before. This is what was done during this, the, the past two weeks. And this is what's still left. And we put a lot of numbers and say like, look, this is what is missing or blah, blah, blah. That's the percentage. But we have a, a picture depicting what was done, what was not done, but always the end goal is always in every demo. So we, we bring the focus of the, the stakeholders, not only to what was done, because as, as I was saying before, just bringing people to that myoptic view is not always useful. So in the demo, you keep the big picture in, in place. And then we talk about what was done. And then we ask. So now, given what we've done and where we are, and looking at this picture, this is all that is left. Does this still make sense? Or we can raise our hand and say, look, it's not looking like we will be able to do everything. Can we reprioritize this? Can we have a conversation about the scope? Because either we need to increase time or recalibrate the scope. Uh, or certain things now that we know what we know, should we change some of that?
thing. So, but the demos are not just, just showing progress. It's about creating the context to replant. So this is quite important. Uh, so don't do the demos. <laughs> please don't. Just make just if someone is not interested in the meetings that we are arranging, just make it's sure a, that yeah. like are we providing them an important with information. the information with the information in the in a format in which they can consume it as well. Because that's uh, that's, a, that's a good important. fire chat. What makes a good demo? Yes. Uh, so there are quite a few questions and we are running out of time. So let's try maybe to go through quickly some of the comments. Uh, what, are, what about cross domains that every project needs? I've seen projects struggle because of authorization, internationalization. Uh, OKRs would be useful here. Uh, the o so there are quite a few things in here, but I, uh, Gerai, I don't think that we're going to have time to go through the cross-cutting uh, concerns. This is another very in interesting topic. How do we distribute work across multiple teams? Right, how not only the planning, but how is the distribution? How do you deal with, like uh, Gerai was saying in the chat in here for the people watching, uh, what about things like uh, authorization, internationalization? And I assume that he's talking about cross cutting concerns, infrastructure, and things like that. Uh, Javier Chacana is talking about OKRs. So, OKRs is a, is a funny one because, like, we recently introduced OKR to our business. But there are talks already inside Codurans uh, to introduce OKRs at a project level. Uh, so Javier, like you can get in touch with us and I can point you in the right direction because there are some experiments in that area, still in embryonic stages. But OKRs at a project level could be very interesting as well for development teams and things like that. Uh, and uh, I mentioned any book recommendations? So we need to start wrapping up. Uh, so any book recommendations as yeah, always? Yeah, oh, plenty, plenty. So we talked about the Agile Samurai. Um, uh, on top of that, if you're uh, interested as well, there's the Liftoff uh, book by Diana Larson, um, which I also think, you know, covers a few of these things. You have the uh, game storming book, which is all dynamics on, you know, brainstorming ideation and so on. You have the innovators, uh, game, innovation games, I think it's called or something like that. Uh, again, a set of exercises in, in order to help, uh, you know, tailor product and, and innovate in general. Um, what else? Value stream mapping is an interesting one if people are struggling to understand the one of the techniques of kind of getting the next mission or next focus. That's also could be helpful. And there, there is a book that I read that uh, I found quite interesting, although we've been talking about projects here, but it's a book that changed my perspective a bit. It's called No Projects. So basically like... Uh, you can read the book because it's, it's it's quite interesting. It's like the idea of a product should not start and end. A product is a continuum. You could still have the iterations in terms of planning, iterate uh, planning phases or milestones and doing inceptions and stuff, but it's more of a continuum because a project normally is associated to start and end, and the end sometimes justifies the means. On on the the end justifies oh, yeah. the mean. Mm. No, no, but like that's for the, that's for another fireside chat. <laughs> no, so <laughs> this is what he says, which which is uh, interesting. Like when when the the uh, company has a project mind mindset instead of a product mindset, a project mm -hmm. normally you, you have you have a scope and you try to achieve that scope with the least amount of effort possible, with the least money or and stuff which if the project ends and that's it that's over it's a good approach but if you need to keep building on top you should not be dropping certain things uh and you should think about the the lifelong uh the the, the life of the product and not just those small projects because then you can compromise quality and stability and so on and so forth but anyway so yeah. look for well, no projects one one thing is uh, th there's a couple of papers I, I remember the name of this thing it's called the punctuated equilibrium model of, of team development 
Um, and there's a couple of papers on on that. The thing that I mentioned around, you know, when do teams uh, influence? No, the the way that they're working, so to speak. No, and what are the areas where? Um, no, where and the data are, so to check it out. Yeah, and there are uh, books like the Phoenix Project, which is an interesting book in terms of alignment of people and and, and focus. Uh, there is the uh, team topologies as well about how to structure some of the teams and responsibilities. So there are a few other books. Yeah. Well, any closing thoughts or are we leaving it here? No, I think I, I, I said it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so then thanks everyone uh, for your time and for your contributions. It was really nice to see all the interaction in the chat. Uh, you were going to say something, go for it. Yeah, sorry, I just remember now that you mentioned, I, I would like to say exactly that I really would like to say uh, thanks to, to, to uh, Mohamed Marabez, uh, Geray, and uh, quite a few others like Petros, uh, so people that, that, and, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. exactly so nikita so there's quite a few of you that are always here and you really you are really making those uh fireside chats far more enjoyable because you are bringing a different perspective you are giving us more things to talk about answering those questions so like special thank you all of you for for the contributions yeah. and to make this far more enjoyable all right and uh, with that note, uh, remember, if you're seeing this for the first time and you like what you saw um, and you would like to be notified when we go live again, uh, just hit the notification, subscribe and leave comments, uh, topics and, and things that you would like us to discuss. And uh, welcome to the community, I would say then. Um, and thanks, everyone. See you Thank on you. the next one. Thank you. Bye-bye.